0: Listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast with Paula B, and this is episode number 31. (laughs) You guys, you guys this is it. This is part four of our four-part series about setting goals, and I am so excited. You guys, welcome. Welcome, if you are happen to be new here to the Fitness Matters Podcast, where every week we talk about the fitness matters that matter to you. And for the last three weeks, and now this week, we are talking about goals goals if you have missed the other 3 in episodes in this series i highly recommend that you listen to them this has been this has been interesting informative insightful so so fun for me to talk about stuff no matter where you're watching or listening there will be a link in the show notes the description on my website it'll be somewhere seriously you can always find what you're looking for but there will be a link to the whole playlist so that you can listen to all four of them together this This week we are talking about achieving your wildest dreams because you guys, the whole reason that we set goals is to get goals. And I know that you think that this is going to be the easy part where you're like, well, Paula, you're going to tell me that I'm going to get my goal and life is going to be, you know, rainbows and puppies and everything's going to be fantastic. I'm not going to tell you that, though. <laughs> Weirdly, I am going to tell you the story of something that happened to me not that long ago. Somewhat recently, about, about a month ago. In fact, yeah, just about a month ago on um, over Memorial Day weekend, I had a sale. Which, just in case you are brand new, don't know me, only found me through the podcast, I have a fitness channel on YouTube where I make fitness videos. I am a fitness instructor. And so I also create programs that have, not all of the videos, but where I put the the videos together in a way that makes sense to get different kinds of goals, like body shaping or weight loss or things like that. Basically, it's a convenience to you so that you don't have to pick your own workouts for six weeks and you can work towards something really specific. So I have a couple of these different programs for different sorts of things. And a, a couple of times a year, I put them on sale. I mean, they're very reasonably priced. And again, description box or show notes or whatever. I'll have a link so that you can go check them out. They're very reasonable priced, but a couple of times a year, I put them on super sale. And I've been doing this for a while now. Like honestly, people who have been around a while kind of know to expect a sale. And so my, my sales, generate a fair amount of revenue, like my yearly revenue. Generally speaking, the bulk of it comes from when I have these sales. Because, I mean, when I have a sale, it's a sale. Come on, everybody loves a sale. But anyways, so I have some idea in my mind about approximately how much revenue will probably come in when I have a sale. And Like we discussed last week with the um, being afraid to set goals, sometimes sometimes I'm kind of leery about putting a real number on it, but I always have an idea. Like, I've got an idea of how much it would be nice to make, how much I'd like to make, how much I think I'm probably going to make. Generally speaking, when I set a revenue goal, I aim for very realistic because I would rather exceed my goal than you know set something like set the bar really high and then fall a little bit short either way i'd probably you know come up with a good number but but i would rather smash my goal than be striving for something a little bit more so so i i set myself a goal and i <laughs> far exceeded, far exceeded. Like the number that I had said, it was a four day sale. The number that I had set for the, the all four days, I made that in like the first day and then had three more days after that. Like it was, it was an exceptionally successful sale. I definitely, absolutely, positively achieved my goal. And the day after the sale... How do you think I felt? I know you're like, you felt amazing. You were walking around being all excited and happy. Surprisingly, it surprised me rather. It surprised the heck out of me. The day after the sale, I was so angry. I was so crabby and unpleasant and just didn't wanna be around anybody, didn't wanna talk to anybody. Everything made me mad, I was frustrated with life. It was the strangest reaction. I I have felt, uh, after other, like, successful things that I have done, I, I have long since acknowledged that after running, like, a really big race, something I've been training for a while, I have always talked about how I get, like, the post-race blues, how I'm a little bit sad after a big race, but I've always kind of attributed that to being done, like, You know, I I was done with this thing that I'd been working towards for so long. And so I never really, truly dove into the mindset of what that was all about. That weird, happy but not happy reaction after achieving a goal. Well, this one, this one, my my reaction was so bizarre that I had to sit down and dig through it. Like, I mean, this one, this one took several days of journaling and thinking and pondering and really, like, listening deeply into the things that I was telling myself and thinking about all the things that I know about how our brain works and what happens when we achieve something new and when we think something new and and all this kind of stuff. And I will tell you, this one stumped me for a while. It's why I actually, that experience is why I'm making this series. And I know that sounds so funny, but I started with the end in mind because it was so bizarre to me that something that I love, you know, setting goals, smashing goals, would be so odd would have such a strange reaction. And the more I thought about it, and as I, you know, really got into it and discovered what the reason was, I was like, I've gotta share this. I've gotta, I've gotta talk about this because this is something that nobody really tells you. And we've if longtime listeners of the Let's Run and Fitness Matters podcast, you may recall that there's been at least maybe two other times when we've talked about it. There's there's one episode that I can't remember what I finally ended up calling. I remember because it, it's such an awkward, such an awkward thing to talk about. And I was trying to be like trying to be able to have people find me in search. And so I think it was something about what happens after you achieve your goal, where again, I talked about like the post-race blues and oh, and then there's one other episode where I talk about what really happens when you lose weight, specifically for weight loss. Both of these times, I talk a little bit about how, how you know, in life, kind of nothing changes when you reach your goal, <laughs> just so you know. You know, you're going to get to your goal weight or you're going to cross the finish line or you're going to, you know, do your 20 push-ups and then... And then there's still gonna be like dirty dishes in the sink. There's still gonna be toilets to clean. There is still gonna be people who cut in front of you at Starbucks. Like there will still be annoying things that happen in life. There will still be everything that you do on a daily basis. It doesn't exempt you from you know brushing your teeth for the rest of your life. Like life is still life. It's just that you've achieved this goal, which is awesome and phenomenal and amazing. But but a lot of things also do don't change. So I know that we've talked about like that part of it before. But this part, this weird reaction. And it made me think about all those stories that we hear about people who go on the biggest loser and, you know, lose a ton of weight and then a year later they're back where they were before. And it made me think of all those people that I mean, I know I know at least a couple of people who run one marathon. And even though they, you know, achieved their wildest dreams and they did a great job and it was really exciting, that was it. That was the only one they did. And and people have different reasons for these things. I mean, some people really don't love running, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I don't believe you, but whatever. And and there are all kinds of reasons why you might regain weight after you've lost it. But in my mind, in my mind, they come back to this, this same phenomenon of me being angry after I achieved a revenue goal. My friends, my friends, here's what happens when you achieve your wildest dreams, when you meet and smash your goal that you've been working on, that you have spent so much time setting and getting. Meeting your goal threatens your perception of yourself as somebody who doesn't achieve goals. I know, that's weird, right? It's weird. But here's the thing. There's an actual, legitimate, biological reason for this. And this is a topic that I love to think about. This is actually something that I've been aware of in different ways, but not in this setting. And as soon as I came upon it, it really clarified some things for me. Here's the thing. You know, because we talk about it all the time, your brain loves to be efficient. It loves to think the same things over and over and over. And anytime you think something new, you know, that's hard for your brain. It's it's difficult. But usually what you get is a fear reaction. Something new equals something scary. We have talked about that so many times that I'm not even going to try and refer you to a specific episode. Fear response... At this point, truly, if, if you've been listening for it and paying attention to it, you've noticed it. You've, you've already started the work on pushing through that fear response. You already know, oh yeah, that's right. My brain's going to tell me this is scary, but then it's totally not going to be scary. All I have to do is just kind of take a deep breath and keep moving forward. We've done this so many times during the getting of our goal that the fear response seems very very normal, very natural. However, this isn't a fear response anymore. And here's why. Not only does your brain love to think the same thing over and over, to be efficient with its thoughts, it also has a very, very strong, hardwired need to agree with itself. Now, I know that I know that you can understand this. I mean, it's it's pretty clear when when you put it into perspective like think of literally any inflammatory topic, something where people have strong opinions. Now, obviously a reasonable person is going to be able to see both sides and understand that there are some pros and maybe some cons or, you know, maybe some pros and definitely some cons. Depends on which inflammatory topic you you figure out, but but You'll be able, as a reasonable person, to maybe see both sides of things, but you're going to have an opinion. I mean, whether or not it's a strong opinion isn't isn't really part of the argument here, but pick, pick a topic where you do have a strong opinion, but you understand the other side, and try for even a half a second to simultaneously hold a strong belief on both sides sides. It's not about being reasonable. It's about holding a strong belief both ways. My friend, you can't do it. Your brain cannot do that. And that is the problem sometimes with achieving your goal. Now, there's an actual like psychological name for this. It's called cognitive dissonance. And I feel like I have talked about this before. Again, I have literally no idea which episode if I th- if I think of it, I'll put a reference to it in the show notes, but I honestly don't remember which time we've talked really specifically about cognitive dissonance. I know for sure that I have talked about it before in terms of guilt. So, in fact, maybe that was one of those ones somewhat recently where we talked about uh, learning how to trust yourself, but I don't think I said cognitive dissonance in that one. I don't know, and I'm going off on a tangent, so let me get back to the topic at hand. <laughs> Cognitive dissonance is your brain wanting to agree with itself but simultaneously having just enough evidence for both sides of the argument. This is why we feel guilt, because we really want to do one thing, and we, we want that, and we've been thinking about it, and we've told ourselves, you know, I want to eat right. I absolutely, I, you know, I, I bought the makings for salad. I'm totally going to have a salad for lunch. I'm going to do this, and then, and then my friend said, hey, do you want to go out and get Taco Bell for lunch, and then we went out and got Taco Bell, and I didn't get a salad. That... Having evidence that you wanted to eat a salad, that you intended to eat a salad, but then here's the reality where you did not eat a salad, it produces cognitive dissonance. It's really uncomfortable for your brain to have just enough evidence on both sides of an argument. What happens, first of all, I mean, it gener- tends to generate a feeling of guilt depending on how, how we think about it. Some of us, some of us get really, really good at pushing aside that one argument that, oh, no, I wasn't really going to have a salad. I meant that I'd like to eat a salad, but I wasn't really going to have a salad. I'll probably have it tomorrow. That's how we can kind of stuff down that guilty feeling is by, again, kind of convincing ourselves that maybe we didn't really, didn't really think that. So here's what happens when we get cognitive dissonance because for years we have thought of ourselves as somebody who is trying to reach a goal, somebody who is working on a goal, somebody who maybe has some success but also really maybe has a lot of failures trying to get this goal. And then and then we have this evidence that we achieved it boom, there goes your brain. (laughs) It's cognitive dissonance, my friend. This is why people gain the weight back. When you see yourself as a heavy person who struggles to lose weight, it's really hard to suddenly... See yourself as a person who lost the weight. If you have seen yourself as somebody who is maybe not super athletic or, you know, wants to run a marathon, even though you spent, you know, 16 weeks practicing and trying and moving towards and then running the marathon, maybe your brain didn't catch up and get the memo that you are capable and you are a marathoner now. So what are you going to do? You're not going to run any more marathons. Or or you're going to run a lot more and keep convincing yourself. Truly, you can go either way. But that moment of achieving the goal, there's that moment, that really, really uncomfortable time where you are sitting in cognitive dissonance and it doesn't feel good. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me just let me just tell you from very recent experience it doesn't feel good. So what do you do? I mean, I mean this is a sticky situation, right? Where you're like, "But but I want to achieve this goal. I want to be the person who is capable of of doing this and being happy with it and then moving on and doing, you know, more. And that is totally doable, my friends. You and I, again, both know people who have been able to lose the weight and keep it off, who have been able to achieve something big and then go on and achieve something bigger or the same or another. There are plenty of ways that you can keep achieving goals. There are plenty of ways that you can be proud of yourself for achieving your goal. But I will tell you, it's gonna take a little bit of mindset work. Like everything I tell you, there's work to be done. Some of it's really practical, and well, no, it's actually—I mean, it—it it really is practical. It really is, and it's really just the one step, and it's the sep- step that we take pretty frequently. You're gonna practice thinking these thoughts. You're going to practice thinking of yourself as somebody who achieves. Goals. Now, there's a couple of different ways that you can do this. I mean, this is where it really gets into, like, the practical and the nitty-gritty. And however, however works for you works. This isn't like, oh, you have to follow this plan, you know, steps one, two, and three. It's not really about that. I'm going to throw out some ideas for you that you can kind of work into your own life and see what works best. Number one is to look for the wins. This is something that I encourage you to do so often. And I know that we talked about this in a recent podcast also about seeing yourself as somebody who is capable of winning is really important on your way so that when you achieve the big thing, you'll even recognize it. But I will tell you that there's a very slight difference between seeing yourself as somebody who is capable of winning and seeing yourself as a winner. And I know that sounds, I mean, maybe you heard it when I said that because you can picture yourself, oh, you know, sometimes I win and that's really nice and it feels really good. But seeing yourself, your personhood, your essence as a successful person as a person who gets what they want, as a person who sets and gets goals. I will tell you, I will tell you, after all these years, that thought is still a little bit threatening to me. After all the success that I have had, after as hard as I have worked, as many things as I have achieved, that thought is still tough for me. How many times, if you have been a longtime listener of the Let's Run and Now Fitness Matters podcast, how many times have I brought up that I'm the youngest child in my family? Like a lot, right? Like you know that about me. <laughs> you this is unless this is like one of your relatively first episodes, you know that I'm the baby of my family. You know that I mean, I have talked about several times about how I see myself as a quitter or how I would see myself as somebody who needed help, as see myself as a baby, like literally a baby, not even just the baby of my family, but kind of a baby, somebody who's not super capable of things. And even though I have done a ton of thought work on this, even though I now do not think of myself as a quitter or even a procrastinator anymore, these are, these are things that I have done enough work on that they have disappeared. Apparently, apparently the thing with making money and the thing with being successful at business is still an arena that I need to do some more practicing in. It's amazing to me how often... And it's not even conscious. It's not something that I think to myself like, oh, I'm not capable. I really, truly do not hear those words in my head. But when I am presented with evidence that I am capable of doing something, that feeling of cognitive distance, that feeling of this isn't right, this doesn't feel like it fits me, is very, very obvious. It is undeniable. And it means, it means that I have more work to do. It means that I need to practice looking for wins and thinking of myself as a winner. It means that I need to do some work with the specific thought that I want to think. You know, when we talk about when you're struggling, here, I'll reference this one, when you're struggling, the three best questions to ask yourself. What do I want to think? What do I want to feel? It's so weird to think about achieving success as being a problem or something that you are struggling with. But sometimes it is, and that means that it's a problem that we need to solve in order to hang on to the success that we've had, really specifically in the case of weight loss. Truly, I think that's the one where you are most likely, if, you, if this is something that you struggle with, where you are most likely to, to find yourself still in the position of solving your weight loss problem rather than solving this new problem of how can I see myself as a fit person who weighs a healthy weight. For other goals, you know, you're always going to be a marathoner. You're always going to have that medal. You're always going to have that achievement because it's something that you did once that that even if you never do again, it can't be taken away. Achievements that you achieve with your body... In terms of like how your body looks really specifically, is, they're a little bit more amorphous. you can you can lose those gains. You can lose that goal that you once achieved in a very different way than something that you do once. And so this is really something, it's something to think about before you even achieve the goal. I will tell you that I am already practicing some things that I want to say to myself before my next sale, before I set my next big revenue goal for something really specific. And honestly, even before I, you know, set my revenue or, you know, achieve my revenue goals for like the year, something bigger, I'm practicing Saying some things to myself. And I will tell you, I mean, for the purposes of this particular episode, I haven't come up with the exact phrase just yet that sticks. I think we've talked about this before about how when, when you know, when you know that what you're thinking isn't what you want to think. And you know you'd like to think something different. The process of coming up with that different thing that you'd like to think, sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it might take a little bit of, I'm going to practice thinking this thing and I'm going to see where it goes. Does it feel believable? Does it feel like it's moving me in the right direction? I haven't come up with a really specific phrase that feels like a great fit. I'm really happy that I've come up with the problem (laughs) because that means that I am capable of searching for a solution. So what what I'm going to offer you here is that when you think about yourself achieving the goal, what do you want to think about the achievement of that goal after you've achieved it? Not in the moment. In the moment. You're going to be thinking, I did it. I'm so excited. That's fantastic. But afterwards, afterwards, what do you want to think about yourself about a, as a person who achieves things? What do you want to think about yourself as a person who gets their goal? And you know, you know I want to hear. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. That's why I bring this up. This might take you a while. It might take you until you get to your goal to come up with what you want to think about yourself. And I, I hope that this is fair warning for you in plenty of time that you're going to need to think about yourself differently and you're going to need to start practicing it now. So tell me, if you'd like to, tell me. What do you want to think about yourself when you have achieved your goal? And then, you know, keep going and get it, my friend. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me this week. This has been super, super fun. I mean, this this four-part series, I tell you what, I really enjoy having serieses. I've got a couple more podcasts planned that are, are much more standalone. But I would also love to hear, if you have podcast suggestions, if you have ideas, things you'd like to hear my take on, things that you'd like some help with with your mindset, I would love to hear what what you'd like to talk about. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you again soon.